You are listening to Messy in the Middle, the show here to help you navigate the messy blend that is life and business today. I'm your host, Haley Johnson, and my guests and I are here to dish out all the hot takes, big wins, and seriously messy moments that come with being an entrepreneur. So grab another cup of coffee, you know you want to, and let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Messy in the Middle, where today we are going to be talking about quizzes and more importantly, how quizzes can function as an amazing lead magnet. I don't know about you, but I feel like I have been seeing quizzes everywhere lately, from picking out the perfect bra from a brand like Third Love to discovering your parenting style from a parenting coach to complex industry-specific quizzes for B2B brands. Everyone is using quizzes as lead magnets these days, and it's no wonder. They're fun to make, fast to take, and double as sneaky market research on top of getting you those valuable email addresses. All fun aside, there are a lot of logistics to consider when creating your quiz and follow-up email sequence. So today we're going to break it all down so that you know exactly what steps to take to create your quiz. This may be contradictory to what I literally just said, but the first step to creating a quiz is deciding if your ideal clients or your ideal audience will find a quiz to be an attractive lead magnet. There are a wide range of industries and offers that can be supported by a quiz funnel, but it's still important to ask yourself if you are in one of those industries or if you have an ideal client who would be attracted to a quiz. The way I look at it is people who are interested in taking a quiz are looking for a nudge in the right direction. Whether this means they need support deciding which of your amazing offers to go with or if they are struggling to identify what kind of support they're looking for, the ideal quiz taker knows that they have a problem or need, but they don't have enough information or insight to find their own path to a solution. Take the bra quiz as an example. The ideal quiz taker knows that they want or need a new bra, but they don't know how to choose the right bra for them. The quiz asks the potential customer a series of questions that they do know the answers to and uses that information to help them decide what the best purchase is for their particular set of wants or needs. This is a consumer who is definitely problem aware, but their level of awareness or insight when it comes to the solution that they are looking for needs to be more well-informed before they can make a decision. So if this resonates with you and what you know about your ideal clients, a quiz might be a good next step. But if this doesn't sound like your ideal client, you might need a different approach to building your lead magnet funnel. If you go to hayleyejohnson.com slash quiz, you can take my quiz and uncover which opt-in is right for your audience and get some more insight through email. But definitely keep listening to this episode because it's still a good one. Once we know who we're trying to attract with our quiz and feel confident that a quiz is in fact the right approach to reaching this ideal client, it's time to think about the quiz itself. You might think this means diving straight into the quiz title and questions, but we're actually going to start from the end and work our way backwards to get to that catchy title. We're going to start with the results. 
Think about the goal of your ideal quiz taker. Are they trying to decide between different offers that you provide, look at different levels of support that are available to them, or do they just want to know a little bit more about themselves? And you can apply this information to whatever service they're interested in. We'll start by talking about offers. I'm gonna use my own offer suite as an example because it can apply to all three of these quiz goals. But if you are struggling to apply these principles to your own offer suite, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram over at Haley E. Johnson, and we'll see what kind of magic we can cook up in the DMs. So let's look at offers. Within the Haley brand, I help values-driven service providers create their marketing ecosystem through the marketing roadmap. When we think about the marketing roadmap or funnels in general, we often start at the top of the funnel and work our way down to the point of sale. When I create marketing roadmaps for my clients, I actually do the opposite, starting at the point of sale and working backwards to the top of funnel content. But that's besides the point. When my ideal clients think about the marketing roadmap, they think about the opt-in. So I created an opt-in that speaks to that instinct and helps quiz takers uncover the opt-in that best supports their ideal clients. This helps quiz takers learn more about the next steps they need to take and helps me customize my nurture content based on what their ideal opt-in says about their business. On the flip side, I can ignore the type of opt-in or customer journey that my ideal clients are looking to facilitate and focus on the level of support that they need. Instead of asking them questions about the goals of their ideal clients, the nature of the offers they provide, and the questions that they get from prospects, I can ask questions about their budget, their capacity for implementation, or their bandwidth for learning and acting on new skills. The goal that I have when creating the quiz has such an impact on the structure of the quiz itself, which is why I think it's extra important to think about the end result before diving into the fun parts like asking questions or coming up with the title. Finally, we have the needs to know more about themselves before diving in, but the service itself doesn't really change type of quiz. A great example of this is the parenting style quiz that I created for a client a few months ago. This client has an amazing offer suite that guides parents through from beginning to end so seamlessly. It chef's kiss. It's amazing. But their ideal client isn't going to take a quiz that asks, how much help do you need parenting your children? Or how committed are you to raising your child? No, these questions are ridiculous and I literally feel silly saying them out loud. That's why this client asks the question, what's your parenting style? It's non-judgmental, doesn't make the quiz taker enter the quiz feeling defensive or on guard, simply asks potential clients if they know what their parenting style is. And if they don't, do they wanna take the quiz and learn more? This type of quiz helps service providers build trusting relationships with their leads because it shows them that you understand them, that they are not alone in their struggles or questions, and that you, as the provider, know how to help them take things that they don't like about their parenting style or marketing knowledge or copywriting skills or whatever it is that you're testing and optimize them to be better. There's no right or wrong or good or bad way to create a quiz, but creating the quiz itself is just the beginning. The most important part of this entire process 
is what happens after you've created the quiz. That email sequence, that nurture sequence, or even just the call to action after they've taken the quiz. There are several schools of thought when it comes to requiring an email address to access quiz results or offering the results without an email opt-in and giving the opportunity to subscribe to a newsletter after the fact. The big piece of logic in favor of not requiring an email address to see quiz results is around the idea of subscriber retention. If people are only subscribing so that they can see their results, they are more likely to be unengaged subscribers, unsubscribe once they get their results, or generally hurt the health of your email list by not opening, marking you as spam, etc. I don't really have anything to rebut that logic. It makes sense. And if that's how you feel, then by all means, don't require an email opt-in to get quiz results. But I think there's still some benefits to requiring that opt-in and then proving your value over that first email or set of emails that the person receives because those are the ones they're most likely to open. If you do require some type of information in order to get the quiz results, I recommend giving quiz takers a preview of what's to come. Maybe without an email, they get the name of their result and a sentence or two about what it means. But when they provide an email, you send them a resource that offers more details about their quiz results or helps them take an action with that information. Telling quiz takers what to expect when they give you their email will help them feel more confident and excited about sharing that information with you and therefore less likely to immediately unsubscribe. So then once they have subscribed, we get into the post quiz nurture sequence. Regardless of the email gathering method you choose, you'll have some people who took the quiz, gave you their email address, and now what? My favorite structure for a post quiz nurture sequence combines some customized information based on the quiz result with a generic welcome sequence. This way, your new subscriber can learn more about their quiz result, more about you as a business owner, and more about your offers and the ways that they can get support from you in the future. Typically, this breaks out into about five emails. The results email, the intro email, the value add, the upsell, and the info dump. Starting with email one, the results delivery email. This email can be as simple as a copy paste of the quiz result with a small explanation, or you can dive deeper into the results and give your new subscribers additional insight that they didn't get from the quiz itself. Pointing your reader to things like relevant blog posts, podcast episodes, or other free content is a great way to keep them engaged while staying on topic with the quiz that brought them to you in the first place. Next, we have the intro email. This email is essentially your digital elevator pitch, plus a few fun extras. Tell your reader who you are, who you help, and why staying on your list is a good idea for their own personal or professional development. But then you can have some fun with it and get a little personal. Add fun facts, talk about your favorite things, or add a picture of you, your dog, something <laughs> to build that human connection. I'm a big fan of putting pictures of my dog basically wherever I can, so I wouldn't be surprised if one of the next couple emails you receive from me has a cameo from Queen Roxy herself. Um, the third email we have is the value add. What is something you can tell your reader about their quiz result that 
isn't already available for free on your site. Maybe it's a tidbit from a course you offer or a sneak peek of a template that you sell. If you have a template shop or other low cost offer, you can link that here, maybe with a coupon code to save some money on a template relevant to their quiz result. This email isn't as much about generating sales as it is about showing your new readers what kind of value they can expect from you as a business owner. In fact, it's important to remember that this isn't a sales sequence. It's a welcome nurture sequence. So even though we're giving our readers opportunities to buy during this sequence, it isn't necessarily the expectation or the goal. The goal here is to provide value, not ask for money. <laughs> Although if they pay you, that is nice to know. That said, the fourth email is a great opportunity to try and upsell your reader into a low cost or mid ticket offer. We've given them free content, offered additional value, and made a personal connection. So this fourth email can be a little bit more sales driven and point to an offer that is a bit more of an investment, but is still an easy yes. Things like courses, paid consult calls, or evergreen workshops do well in this email because we've laid the foundation that proves your value to your reader. And now we're giving them the opportunity to take that next step without committing to a four figure purchase or a three month long engagement. Finally, we have our fifth email, which I like to call the info dump, but that doesn't mean you should throw everything but the kitchen sink into an email and press send. We still want to be strategic here, but we also want to show our readers what to expect when the sequence is over. This fifth email should recap what they've received from you so far, remind them of ways that they can connect with you on social media or other platforms, the ways that they can work with you and the ways that they can learn from you and reset their expectations for what's to come in the future. Tell them how often they should expect to hear from you via email. What kinds of emails do you send and what type of content should they keep an eye out for podcasts, blogs, workshops, etc. This email contains a lot of information, but it's organized in a way that guides your reader through the end of the quiz sequence and straight into your normal email delivery, setting them up to be engaged subscribers until they're ready to buy. Now, there are a ton of other things you can do during this email sequence, tags, automations that you can set up based on behavior and other techie stuff to segment your audience, but that is a can of worms that I will wait to open for another episode. Thank you so much to listening. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Messy in the Middle. I hope you enjoyed this quick and dirty guide to quizzes. And until next time, you can find me on Instagram over at Haley E. Johnson, or you can go to HaleyEJohnson.com slash quiz to take my quiz and learn more about which opt-in is right for you. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for listening all the way to the end, or more likely, thanks for leaving your phone just far enough away that you can't get to it in time to skip past this part. If you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and leave a review. And shout out to my guests for joining me, my dog for not barking, my editor Chrissy for doing her thing, and my friend Devin for letting me use his music. You can check out all of the links for the podcast, anything mentioned in today's episode, and the amazing people who helped me put on the show in the show notes. Bye!